If you would stand with me all over the house, you've turned to John chapter 14. Good to laugh, isn't it? Good to see you today. We're going to be reading from the Word of God. I want to bring you a message this morning entitled, How to See the Invisible. How to See the Invisible. John chapter 14, let's begin reading at verse number 21. He that hath my commandments, this is Jesus speaking, he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. And Judas saith unto him, Not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? There's the question. Lord, how are you going to show yourself to the Christian but not show yourself to the world? Watch what Jesus said. If a man love me, he will keep my words and my father will love him. And we will come to him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings. And the word which ye hear is not mine, but the father's which sent me. He said, these things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, what things, soever things I've said unto you. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful for the day. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for this Lord's Day. Thank you that we can gather here in freedom and enjoy the presence and the fellowship and the good spirit of God. Thank you for the good spirit that we feel. We understand this morning that the spirit of God is a liberating spirit, and I praise you for that. Help us to glorify you in all we do. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. Jude here asks a very important question. He said, uh, how can you... The world not see you, but yet we'll be able to see you. Jude here is the one the Bible says this was not Iscariot. There are two Judes who were disciples. One was Judas Iscariot. The other was Jude, the Lord's brother, or Judas. The Bible distinguishes him also as Thaddeus. You might say he's Judas Thaddeus. He is not Judas Iscariot. And uh, Judas was our Lord's brother. He wrote the epistle of Jude. We don't know much about Jude, but he did ask this very important question, Lord, how can we see you and the world not see you? How can we know that it's real? Well, in physics, that's impossible. In the physical, that's impossible. But in the spiritual, it is very, very possible. And that's exactly what Jesus does. Jesus reveals himself through the means of the Holy Spirit of God. I see the things of God. If you're saved, you see the things of God. But the world does not see it. Look at verse number 26. Jesus said this, but the comforter, look at that capital C, the comforter. Who is the comforter? It's described here as the Holy Ghost. Not a holy specter, not a holy spook, but a holy ghost. The Holy Spirit. 
whom the Father will send in my name. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever things I have said unto you. The comforter is the indwelling spirit. That's what makes the difference in a saved person and a lost person. That's what makes the difference in what we see and what they see. It's, it's what makes the difference in us seeing the invisible and them only seeing the visible. Amen. The Bible says that if any man hath not the Spirit, he is none of his. You can be a professor and not have a, be a possessor. Amen. You can make a profession of faith, but you without having possession of the Holy Spirit of God. And so the Holy Spirit is what makes us saved. The Holy Spirit manifesting in us. The word manifest means to bring forth. And the Holy Spirit manifests in us. You know what it manifests? Jesus Christ. Let me ask you a question. I'm going to ask it again at the end of the service. Is Jesus real to you? Is he real to you? I'm not talking about a historical figure. I'm not talking about somebody who the Sunday school teacher told you he was. I'm, I'm talking about a real person. You know he's real. He lives inside of you. You have a personal relationship with him. I'm glad to tell you this morning, I know he's real. And the Holy Spirit has revealed that to me. I believe if you're saved, dear friend, you ought to know it. Amen. One man said this, if you, if you had it and didn't know it, then if you lost it, you wouldn't miss it. Let me tell you something. I've got it and I know it. How do you know it, preacher? Jesus is real to me. Number two, he's a comforter. He comforts me. But I'm going to tell you something. More than comforting me, he convicts me. Because I have a tendency... To do wrong. I have a tendency to, to, to see the sinful. I have, a, I have a flesh that pulls me in a certain direction. Thank God for the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Thank God for that. So in a world of uncertainty, we can have assurance of salvation. You can know you're saved by the manifestation of the Spirit of God. Amen. How do you know you're saved? Most people say, well, you know, I mean, you meet so many people in the world. Yeah, yeah, I was in a revival meeting back when I was a little boy, and I walked the aisle, and I prayed the prayer, and I got saved, and they've lived like hell for 30 years. Something's wrong with that. Amen, preacher. Something's wrong with that. How do you know you got saved? Well, I did walk the aisle. I did make a profession of faith. I did repent of my sins. I did trust Jesus Christ. I did get baptized. But that ain't worth a flip unless the Spirit of God came in. Let me tell you something. When I got saved, there was a manifestation of the Spirit of the living God. Amen. Thank God. There was a comforter. There's a convictor. And it didn't just happen in 1970 and it's over. It's been with me every day. It's followed me wherever I went. The comforter to let me know that Jesus is real. To let me know there's hope beyond this world. To be a comfort to me when I'm lonely. I'm never alone, praise God. But also to be that convictor. The spirit inside of me. Listen to me carefully. The spirit inside of me gives me a desire to do right. The spirit inside of me gives me a desire to be in the house of God. 
I wanted to, I'm not here because I felt obligated. I'm not here because I wanted, because it was my duty. I'm not here to pick up a paycheck. I'm here because I wanted to be in the house of God this morning. If I wasn't saved, I'd think this was the dumbest thing you could ever do. Amen. I'd be on the lake. I'd have a tennis racket in my hand. I'd be somewhere having a big time living it up and all that excitement in the world. Listen, I got something that pulls me here because I have a desire in my heart to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. I have a desire in my heart to, to, to have my relationship with him be brought closer. If you, don't, if you go to church, oh, how I'd like to pour this in our heads. If you go to church, any church, and you don't feel closer to the Lord when you're done than when you started, something's wrong. Can I tell you something? I don't know why I'm going here, but I've went to church and gotten mad before. Amen. I've went to church and got angry because the preacher was just proud and arrogant and egotistical and pharisaical. That didn't build me up. Amen. Hey, I want to go to church and feel the Spirit of God. I want to go to church and worship. I want to go to the church. I want to walk out the door and feel closer to the Lord than when I walked in. Praise God. So there's a manifestation of the Spirit. It causes me to love the church, love the Bible, love the men of God who do preach the Word of God. If there is no Spirit living inside of you, there is no salvation because he that hath the Spirit hath life. He that hath the Son hath life. So what was Jesus speaking of here? He's talking about, look, at, look back at verse 17. This Spirit is the Spirit of truth. Verse 17 even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not. They don't see the invisible. Neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Now look up here at me. When in the Old Testament before Pentecost, even in the life of Jesus Christ before Pentecost, before the Spirit was given on the day of Pentecost, the Spirit was with people, but it wasn't in them. Now he said the Spirit here is, is with you, even his disciples, the Spirit was with, but he said it's going to be in you. And boy, on the day of Pentecost, they were praying in the, in the Spirit, uh, the Bible says the Spirit of God descended on them, uh, amen. And thank God we still have an indwelling of the Spirit of God. That's how I know I'm saved. Not because I'm in church, not because I've crossed T's and dotted I's or said catechisms. I know I'm saved because the Spirit of God makes Jesus real to me. Amen. It is the Spirit of truth. So the plain, simple truth to answer Thaddeus's question or Jude, Thaddeus, Judas, it's simply how, does, how do we know he's real and the world doesn't see it? The Spirit of God. So... I see people sometimes, and, and this breaks my heart, and I know you probably feel the same way. I see people sometimes, and they're lost. They don't know Jesus as their Savior. They don't know what it's like to know Christ, have a relationship with him. And, and they just, they're just wonderful people. I mean, they're not drunks, and they're, not, they're good neighbors, and they'll help you, and they have a good attitude, and they're accommodating. And I look at some people like that, and I think, you know what? You'd make a wonderful Christian. You ever seen somebody like, and you just want them to get saved. But you know what? I can witness to them. 
I can tell them, I can teach them, I can preach to them, I can do whatever. But it takes the Spirit of God to reveal the truth to them. And that's what we ought to do. We ought to be praying that God would open the eyes. Jesus said it like this. No one can come unto me except the Father which hath sent me draw him. We ought to be praying, Lord, draw that person to you. Reveal their, your spirit to them. Amen. Well, you say, is God just picking and choosing who he wants to come? No, Jesus said, if I be lifted up, that I'll draw all men. At some point in time, listen to me carefully. At some point in time, the Spirit of God draws every man on the planet Earth. God helped me to be there when that person needs that witness, when that Spirit is working with them. Amen. So let me give you four things. People try to see, people try to see the invisible. I'm glad I just see the invisible this morning. He's real. Amen. I'm glad I see the invisible. The Bible is the truth. I'm glad I see the invisible. The Bible says that the visible things, the trees, the birds, the grass, the roads, the buildings, the hey, listen, these are the visible things, and they're created by the invisible. I'm glad I see the invisible behind the visible. So the intellectual, number one, write these down. The intellectual tries to see the invisible in college, but his head gets fuller and his heart gets emptier. Let me repeat that. The intellectual tries to see the invisible in college and his head gets fuller and his heart gets emptier. That's why we're having the society that we have today. We're smart. We got technology. We're crafty. We can do anything in the world, but we've lost our heart. There's nothing wrong with education. I think we ought to get it. My dad said of education, get all you can, can all you get, set on the can. There's nothing wrong with education, but you hear me. I'd rather be in heaven learning my ABCs than in hell quoting the Pythagorean theory. Why? Because the intellectual is not going to find the Spirit of God. Number two, there's the emotional person. Number one is the intellectual. Number two is the emotional person. Oh, there's emotional people all over this county and other counties this morning. They want the big experience. They want to go to church with smoke and mirrors and the big band playing so loud that you have to put in earplugs. Amen. I had to do that one time. I'm like, Lord, have mercy. If music hurts your ears, then it's not music. Amen. And listen, they, they, well, they go to church and they get out of church and they've been built up on this big emotional feeling and on Monday something's wrong. They don't have the Spirit of God. And they say, oh, didn't we have a big service yesterday? Well, the Spirit of God's on the inside for today. The, listen, I like what old, I forget which writer said this, a ship does not sail on yesterday's winds. Amen. The Holy Spirit is here to help us on a daily, daily basis. Thank God. Now listen, I believe in a heartfelt salvation. I, I'm saved and it feels good to be saved. But I don't always feel saved. Amen. I mean, sometimes I feel pretty low. But I trust in the Word of God. I trust in the Spirit of God. I can't depend on my emotions. Thirdly, 
So when we have people who are intellectual, people who are emotional, then there are others who say laborial. They say that you're assured and you're saved by works. And they'll say this, a Christian who serves is a happy Christian. Well, I agree with that. But the Bible thunders out, Ephesians chapter 1, we are not saved by works. Number two, Ephesians tells us in Galatians chapter, or the Bible tells us in Galatians chapter 1 that we're not kept by works. 1 John 1, 2, and 3 tells us that we are not assured by works. Now, I believe in works. I believe we ought to work. I believe we ought to witness. I believe we ought to labor. I believe we ought to do something for the Lord. Amen. He's got something for all of us to do. But that doesn't place the spirit of God in me doesn't help me to see them listen you can do works and feel good about it I worked with an old boy one one evening and we got off work and our other buddy he had some hay down it was going to rain and and that old boy I worked with he was a drunk I mean boy he was a drunk he said let's go help him put up that hay and I said well let's go Boy, we went over there, and we got that all that hay in the barn before it rained, and driving off, that old drunk looked at me, and he said, it sure does feel good to help somebody else, don't it? I said, it sure does. What are you saying, preacher? Works will make you feel good, but it won't save you. Emotions won't save you. Intellectualism won't save you. Works won't save you. Now, let me hit, hit something here, and I want you to pay real close attention. Then there's a fourth thing, asceticist. You know what asceticism is? Asceticism is a strict adherence to rules. So now we've got some people, uh, I call them Baptist cults. You can say whatever you want to. I don't apologize for that statement. We've got some Baptist cults that say you have to do this, do this, act like this, be like this, or bless God, you ain't saved. I'll tell you what, you're saved if the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you. The asceticist says you can have assurance of salvation by what you give up. The extreme avoidance of indulgence, austerity, strictness. Now listen, I believe in living right. I I believe in living right. Let me say that again. I believe in living away from sin. But listen. Just if you get saved, that don't mean you have to give up your motorcycle or your tennis racket or your swimming trunks. Oh, my back's hurting. I shouldn't have done that. Amen, preacher. Listen, some people have got this idea that if they're going to get close to God, they have to live this strict life. They can't do this, and they can't do that, and they can't do this, and they've got to act like this. Well, listen, you old stuck-up Pharisee, why don't you smile a little bit and have some fun? Amen. You know what that'll do? I'm telling you, that'll make a Pharisee out of you. The Pharisees prayed on the street corner and they painted their face like they'd been fasting for days and oh, how they practiced asceticism to to assure their hearts that they were saved. Well, I got news for you. The Holy Spirit does that for me. I can ride my motorcycle, praise God, have a good time and the Holy Spirit will let me know it. Amen. Amen, preacher. Yes, sir. Without the Spirit, listen. Without the Spirit of God, you could give up the whole world and you'd still have no joy. You'd still have no peace. And you know what you have? You become a hard, bitter, old, religious Pharisee. 
Praise God. And if you want to go to one of them churches, help yourself. But I don't want to go. So what's the answer? God is real through the presence of the Spirit. Not through the intellectual, not through the emotional, not through the laborial, not through the ascetical. Through the spiritual. And the Spirit is liberating. Amen. Listen, if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. Now here's where the... Here's where people who can't see the invisible, here's where they get mixed up. Well, they say, I don't understand that. Now, if the Spirit sets me free, then I'd do anything you want to do. No, the Spirit changes your heart. He changes your want to. Amen. If you never had your want to change, then you don't know the Spirit of God. Amen. You say, I don't understand how it works. Well, I don't understand how, I don't understand it either. I don't understand electricity. Now, let me tell you something. I worked for the power company for 35 years. I can, I can produce light. I know, how to, I, know how to, I know how to generate electricity. I know how to transmit and to distribute electricity through power lines. I know how to use electricity when I plug something up, but I don't understand it. Einstein himself said, before I die, I'd sure like to know how electricity works. And he never did. But that doesn't mean I ain't going to plug into it, amen. I hope Lisa plugs her stove up this evening, praise God. <laughs> hey, I don't understand how the Spirit works, but I, I'm plugging into it, amen. Hey, I don't understand all things, but I know the Bible says without him I can do nothing. I'm preaching on how to see the invisible. I want to show you this, how great God is, and the Spirit of God reveals God. The Spirit of God reveals Christ. The Spirit of God reveals truth about the cross, truth about our soul, truth about we're headed to hell, truth about Jesus saves, truth about there's a resurrection, truth about there's a coming king, and truth about eternity. Praise God for truth. The Bible says in Isaiah 44, Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and the last, and beside me there is no other God. The Spirit of God's revealed that to me. It says, To whom will ye liken me, Isaiah 46, and make me equal and compare me that we may be like. I tell you, there's nothing like God. And God's, there's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And God the Holy Spirit is just as much a person as God the Father. God the Holy Spirit is just as much a person as God the Son. He's not an it. It's a person. It's a him. God the Holy Spirit is a person. The third person of the Holy Trinity and the Holy... Listen, that's how I get to be a part of heaven. The same person that's a part of the Holy Trinity is a part of me. Because the Spirit of God has come into me, praise God, and shown me the invisible. Amen. The Holy Spirit is not some, just some influence. It's a person. The Holy Spirit is not just some spiritual force. It's a person. Some people think, <laughs> mm, some people think they can tap in to the Spirit of God and use the Spirit of God to be charismatic. Amen. They think they can, this spiritual force, they can tap into this spiritual force and be some dynamic person. Let me tell you something. I don't own the Holy Spirit. He owns me. 
I don't tap into him uh, to, to be some dynamic, charismatic person. The Holy Spirit's not a force. The Holy Spirit's a person. I'm to yield to him. Amen. Yielding means to give somebody else the right of way. That means that George sets his rights, his will, his desires aside and yields to the Holy Spirit of God. Being filled with the Holy Spirit means we're yielded to the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter number 1, verse number 4, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be made partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. How do I escape the world and partake of a divine nature? And that is when the Spirit of God comes into my heart. Let me ask you that question again. Is Jesus real to you? Is he, or have you been partakers of the divine nature? Are you yielded to him? Huh. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, the Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit, that is my human spirit, that I'm a child of God. That's a wonderful thing. When my spirit mirrors the Spirit of God, when my spirit sees the Spirit of God, when my spirit is an image of the Spirit of God, then I'm becoming like God. Amen. Doesn't matter what my intellectual state is, my educational state, my laborial state, or my ascetical state is, I become like Christ. I become sealed with the Holy Spirit of God. The Bible says this. Let me give you some things about being sealed with the Spirit, and it will close. The Bible says in John 6, 27, Labor not, Jesus said, for the meat which perisheth, that, but that meat which endureth to eternal life, which the Son of Man giveth you, for him hath the Father sealed. Number one, God sealed the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Number two, Jesus Christ seals us. Second Corinthians chapter 1, who has also sealed us and given us the earnest of the Spirit of God in our hearts. Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 30, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereof ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. I believe, according to the Bible, I'm sealed. I'm sealed. And I don't believe the devil can break the seal. Amen. And somebody says, well, you know, if, if I believe that, if I believe I was sealed to the day of redemption and salvation was eternal, I'd just go ahead and get saved and sin all I want to. Well, let me just drop in here on you. If the Spirit of God saves you, uh, then you don't really want to. Matter of fact, let me just make a statement. I sin more than I want to. Let me say that again. I sin more than I want to. Because I don't want to. I don't want to. I've seen, the, I've seen the, the results of it. I've seen the consequences of it. I know the conviction of the Spirit of God. I know the guilt that comes. Hey, I don't want to sin. I sin more than I want to. 
There comes a change of heart when the Spirit comes in, a change of attitude. There is a spiritual change. The world is dying. Our nation is dying because they cannot see the invisible. They're dying. They're being destroyed, depressed, because they cannot see the invisible. The Spirit of God, listen to me carefully, the Spirit of God, the results of the Spirit of God is love, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. If you don't love life, something's wrong. If you don't love your neighbor, something's wrong. If you don't have joy, something's wrong. Amen. If you're that sad sack ascetical Christian who's given up everything in the world, your motorcycle and your tennis racket, and you still don't have joy, something's wrong. You don't have peace, something's wrong, amen. The, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace, amen. Joy. The disciples, do you remember I mentioned when the Spirit of God came on the day of Pentecost? The disciples were so happy, they looked at them, they had so much joy. The crowd, the, the disciples were seeing the invisible. The Spirit of God was now on the inside of them, and boy, was they happy. Boy, was they preaching. You talk about a service. Praise God. And the rest of the world looked at them and said, them guys are drunk. And Peter said, no, these are not drunk as you suppose. You think they're drunk on a physical substance, and they're drunk on a spiritual substance. Let me tell you something. The Spirit of God is so much a joy and so much liberating that you can have a good time just knowing him. And that's exactly where the apostles were. They were not drunk on wine as, we suppo as they supposed. They were having a good time in the Spirit of God. The Bible says in Romans 8, List this carefully. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. The spirit of God is a liberating spirit. Let me say that again. The spirit of God is a liberating spirit, not a confining spirit. You ever feel, I can't stand to feel confined. I can't stand small clothes. I buy my clothes too big because I can't stand to feel confined. I can't stand shoes that are too little. Ooh. I can't stand a little old cranked. Hey, I got to feel free, don't you? Thank God for the spirit of the liberating Christ. Amen. The Bible says that God the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. It is an unconfining spirit. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2, God hath revealed these things to us through the spirit, yea, even the deep things of God. You ever come to something in this book you don't understand? You've got a teacher, and he's not behind this pulpit you have a teacher in the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. You have an invisible partner. You have an invisible guide. You have an invisible teacher. You have an invisible seal. Amen. Now, I don't see the seal. If, if the seal on my transmission busts today, I'll see the result of it. 
but I know it's sealed. I don't see the seal, but I know it's sealed, amen. Transmission fluid's not leaking everywhere. There has to be a seal there, amen. And you know what? I don't see my seal, but I'm sealed. I'm sealed in the Holy Spirit of God. So how do I see the invisible? I say a yes to the Lord Jesus Christ. I yield to his spirit, and then I yearn to please God in all things. Amen. Now let me ask you this. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to ask it the third time. Now you answer this question to yourself. And in your own heart, is Jesus real to you? Is the Holy Spirit real to you? Have you said yes to the Spirit of God? I mean, there comes a definite moment of time where you throw up the white flag of surrender and say, Lord, I'm yielding to you. Not only am I saying yes, I'm yielding to you. And is there a yearning in your heart to please the Lord? I'm not talking about practicing asceticism. I'm not talking about gaining more education, going to Bible seminary. I'm not talking about good works. I'm not talking about emotions. I'm talking about a yearning in your heart to please the Lord. If it's there, you're sealed. If you want to please the Lord. But here's what I'm saying. Does he, does he live in you? Is Jesus, why don't you come right now? I'm inviting you to come. And by your coming, you can receive Christ as your Savior. You can have the whole, the Holy Spirit is here. You don't have to ascend, climb any ladders, answer any questions. He'll descend to you if you'll call out to Jesus. We wait for just a moment. Why don't you come and give your heart and life to Jesus Christ? Why don't you come and yield yourself to his spirit? You know it's real. He's spoken unto you. He's leading, he's leading you pulling you, drawing you. The Father's revealed what I've preached as absolute truth. You know there's a God. You know His name is Jesus. You know He died on a cross for you. You know you can be saved if you just surrender. I'm asking you to come right now. Brian's not here. I will take a Bible and show you how to be saved. I'll do it myself. We'll go back here to my study and Benny can finish the song and we'll go home. I'm asking you to come and receive Christ as your Savior right now. You say, I can't find the Holy Spirit. Well, I'll help you. I'll help you trust on Christ. We'll trust in the Word of God together. Trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Romans 5, 5, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. You can walk out of this church this morning with the Holy Spirit of God. You can see the invisible, do the impossible. Amen.